Hey, I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Kiana. And And this this is is Eight Limbs Limbs of Fury, a podcast where we talk about the ups and downs of daily yoga practice, life on capitalist nightmare planet, the threads between spiritual practice and activism, and what role yoga might play in these revolutionary times. We are two young leftists practicing Ashtanga yoga six days a week. And we are here to give a perspective on what's happening in the world as we discover our own spirituality and get more woke by the minute. I thought there was just some stranger in your house. Oh, <laughs> no, it's our roommate yeah, rocks. Okay. Okay, now we're live. We're, All right. We're, live. we're still live. Live this whole time. Liver than live. <clears throat> All right. Uh, welcome to Eight Limbs of Fury. I don't know why I said that so enthusiastically. I've never, <laughs> I've never said it. I've never introed in like that before. But You know, we're episode three. We're playing around with things. <laughs> episode, you know, styling, changing. Um, we're sitting here today, Monday, what is it, August 3rd? Something like that. It's the third, it's the third day of August. Of August. The Leo year 2020. Still uh, 2020. Leo season. Uh, we're sitting here with uh, our guest, Josh, not me. Two Joshes. Two Joshes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just have to pretend like nothing happened. You got to pick up right on it. The dog uh, didn't start barking and somebody didn't walk yeah, by. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing happened. Um, so Josh, Josh W and Josh M. How it's do you like pronounce flipped. your last name? Ah, that's a good question. It's actually Whiteley. White. That's what I thought. What oh wow, saying. you're one of the you're yeah. one of the the amazing people. Yeah. Most people say Whitley. So Whitley. No, I would have gone Which Josh Whitley. Which makes sense too. But wow. Okay. It's oh, just cause appreciate that. It's spelled like it's like it sounds. Yeah, it's spelled like it sounds. <laughs> I I used to forget the E until I started Venmoing you. That's what everybody instead forgets. Instead of handing you Nobody cash because of COVID. Nobody likes that second E in my name. They just skip right over it. Right. Oh. These are the trials of my my life. <laughs> 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 always at the end of like the class right, roster. Exactly. Yes. And you always know being mispronounced. <laughs> oh my god. You know my pain. You know yeah, my childhood trauma. I can trials. imagine it. <laughs> I was always Mor- Morgerson, or like, I've heard Morganson. Mongerson. Mongerson's easy. M-O-N-G-E-R-S-O-N, Mongerson. But it's people have been like, Morgerson, Mongerstein. I, like I had to think about it. I remember yeah. I put your name on my phone. Yeah, I had to kind of sound it out. Like my dad has an accent, and whenever he pronounces Josh's name, he just kind of says Mar, and then fizzles <laughs> it out. You know, just like Mar. Oh, yeah, it's Josh that guy. Yeah, it'll be funny. Yeah. Um, Ernan. I can say his name. Ernan. <laughs> shout out to my dad, Ernan. Ernan. Anyways. Um, thanks for joining us today, yeah, Josh. Yeah, thanks for joining us yeah, here. Of course. Um, I'm happy to be here. Happy that you're happy to be here. Um, we know Josh from, he's our community acupuncturist. Yes, he sticks us with needles. Yeah. Resident needle nap. Um, yeah, and for some reason, I mean, I guess I don't really know you through yoga, huh? No, I we, we just kind of interacted. It was through acupuncture. Right. That's how I got to know you. And right. then we found the connections through yoga world. Right, right, right. Because um, I heard from just in the community that you were you did Ashtanga back in the day. And right. so I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm one of the dropouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ashtanga dropout. So I was like, okay, here's a plan. I'm going to go to acupuncture, and then I'm going to bring up Ashtanga and see where the conversation see what goes. <laughs> You know, that's really are. funny. The first time I talked to Satinder, actually, uh-huh. he said, he said to me, he said, I don't care that you don't do a strong anymore. It's okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's definitely something. I think that's like a, of like people believing that, I don't know. I think somebody told me once that's what makes us different from a cult that we don't get mad at people for leaving the practice. That's an important right. thing. That is a big sign. We that still is. talk to people thing. when they leave Ashtanga. Like we, we, we don't, haven't disowned them. Right. We don't disown them. That is what keeps us away from being a cult. So that is very important. Very important. <laughs> Although maybe it's not a bad idea. Maybe you guys should do. Well, we should what, start disowning well, What people? is it? I forgot what it's called. There's a thing. Um, is it not the Quakers who do it? Um, it's where you can you kind of get um, who who are the people who live who ride around and they have like they don't do a lot of technology. The Amish. Kind of, the Amish. Thank the you. Amish. Sorry, my brain's a little dead. It's fine. Um, 
work day. Where you go out, you know, it's like once you hit a certain age, you go into the world of mm-hmm. samsara, you know, and, mm-hmm. you, and you see if you survive it. And if you want to come back, you're welcome back. Mm. But if you don't, then you're gone forever. Wow. You're banished. Is that how they really? roll for real? They yeah. just, wow, if they don't come. I've heard about that. I can't, I can't remember the specific term for what yeah, they call it. Yeah, there's a long name for it. That's yeah. a hard name to remember. But, but yeah. yeah, and so there's a great documentary about it, actually. These kids go off into the world and they go party in New York City and drink and do drugs and then nice. decide, you know, and at a certain point, it's like mom and dad are like, are you coming back or are you not? You know, yeah. and if you wow. don't come back, don't ever come back. Wow. So That's I think wild. Ashtangi should adopt this method. <laughs> <laughs> right. Go and see if I, you come back. Uh, go into the world of, you know. I don't know. Kundalini yoga. To see if you ever return. <laughs> to Ashtanga. Right. That's funny. Oh, God. No, I don't think it should be more of a cult. No, I know. But I'm glad we passed the cult test because that's <laughs> that's definitely a big accusation that people throw at Ashtanga. Right. Yeah. I think it's the the chanting. The chanting probably Maybe. has something to do with it. There's a lot of things. Well, we could yoga, have a whole episode about that. Yoga broadly is painted as like definitely like this occultist thing that exists outside of like mainstream. And I would say that like even as like a I would I almost said the term modern yogi, which I don't necessarily know if I want to put my put put that as like a label on myself, but as a modern practitioner of yoga, like existing in the world, deciding at a young age, I just want to practice yoga. I felt ostracized from society in some way because I was just like instead of drinking a lot, I was like, no, I'm just going to do yoga. And it, it definitely did feel like an other path sort of thing. Yeah. So. Like, I'm 21 years old, but actually, I'm going to go to bed at 8.30. Yeah. That's amazing. I um, wish I had caught on that young. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll have. have a re reinvigorate, reinvigoration of our youth at one point in our lives where we start staying up till midnight. I don't know. I don't know. Verdict. That sounds <laughs> Start staying up till 10.30. <laughs> Yeah, the verdict is out on that. Get, get crazy at 10.30 at night or something. Right. Right. No. Well, you know, it's actually interesting, and Josh, you and I have talked about this a little bit, and I'd be actually curious to hear your um, impressions. I've drawn, you were talking about being younger and then getting into yoga and kind of walking away from, and I know we've talked about kind of the music scenes we were involved yeah, in yeah, and stuff, yeah. and punk rock and hardcore. Yeah. And I had that same experience where I kind of grew away from that in a way. But what I've always found interesting is how it has informed who I am still. And, I, and actually, I see mm-hmm. it now as a direct link to yoga. Mm-hmm. You know, like totally. it's, it's very different in a way, but it's actually not. Yeah, totally. And I feel like punk is what showed me at a very young age, you know, that, wow, something's not right about the world. Or, there, or there's something more to the world. You know, it's just not like what's laid out in front of you, like the path to like, you know, get the job and get right. married and have the two kids. Like there's something more. And at first it was like rebellion, punk rock, loud music. Yeah. and. And then that actually, I was like, oh, no, that's directly related. That's why I became, you know, a yogi. And that's why I do the things I do, you know. It's like there's a real direct link for me, you know. But I'm really curious if you feel that similarity. Oh, I definitely feel that similarity. And uh, it's something I I connected with and felt right away as soon as I stepped on on a yoga mat and started practicing. Um, immediately I was like, oh, this is, I I feel, I feel like I may as well be like playing music right now with friends Mm -hmm. and like, like screaming in a mic on a stage. (laughs) Like that's how it felt. Also like skateboarding too. It felt the direct link right away of, of, of being like a different path in the world. But I think it's funny how like, um, I'm just, I'm just now thinking this, like, uh, how, with punk rock, it's very loud. It's almost like a reaction to uh, like the existence and the in the way uh, way things are, and like being angry and going like no against like this whole entire system of capitalism. But then coming to yoga on like the other side of it is like I don't, I don't know. For me, I I see it as like a downward swing, like mm-hmm. an, on the opposite end of just being an angry reaction, and instead coming to like some sort of like acceptance and acknowledgement of it, but also being like deliberate about how to try to change it right as opposed to just like playing punk rock and like fucking shit up all the right, time right, right. <laughs> i think you two should start a punk band where you scream about positive affirmations hell yeah <laughs> where you just you know, are I like i thought about that before actually with, love is was, radical <laughs> um i've thought about that i was like i mean this is just a, a dumb idea in my head but there's this band of misfits sure oh, and uh, yeah. you know they're great like fun sing-along songs but they're usually about like death and halloween and you know sure uh-huh. and dark things but i was thought about that i was like what if we took 
you know, like took the, just did the covers of the songs, but yeah, put in more positive oriented, you know, like forward thinking kind of lyrics and things like that. You know, yeah. I was like, that would be really freaking fun. You know, yeah. that'd be amazing. that's awesome. <laughs> and kind of flip it in a way. You know? I've definitely, Instead of screaming I've, about breakups, which might actually be a good way to cover Right. All oh, right. So yeah, the Misfits have this song called Attitude and uh-huh. it's like, you know. Attitude, you got some fucking attitude, and I was like, "What if it was gratitude?" Whoa, you got some fucking gratitude. You know? <laughs> How beautiful that. would that be? Right? That would be. Hell yeah, <laughs> that would be. Um, <laughs> I like it. Senses Fail took took that direction because they were like an old emo band. I think a lot of people that fell in love with them in the eighth grade. I sure did, and um, they were definitely not too too young for you. I think Josh, <laughs> but not too old, not too young for me, Josh. Too old for me. <laughs> too old, not too old for me. Almost not for Josh M. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Josh you know what I just realized? What? If you take our last names, M is a W. Oh wow! That's, we we just flipped the last Look letter. Look at that! Wow. Look at that! Sorry. Look at that. That's not that important. Maybe you. <laughs> but no, uh, senses failed. They did. They they took like a hard dive into Buddhism at like in like 2015. Like a hard dive. <laughs> like it was so cool. Like they were just um, one of their songs. Uh, was called pull the thorns from your heart i don't know it's just all about like love and acceptance and like just they've just always had like these rad buddhist themes and like some of their not always in their most recent albums they had these rad buddhist themes that are like just so amazing cool. I, I, I feel like i'm not doing a good job describing this right now you're but not but that's no, okay that's, that's, right, that's great <laughs> so you know what, actually back sorry i just want to say one more thing because like, oh, yeah. what you said was interesting to me about you know punk and probably any of the counterculture I mean even really like hippie counterculture and stuff like that you know like as being a reaction sort of you know I think is super true and I feel like what is interesting about the path from that to yoga is like this switch from like I think of punk as like you know it's a way to be like what am I against what's not right what's Mm -hmm. what pisses me off in the world and that's a really important thing to feel too and experience especially as a teenager in those like formative years where Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out who you are you know it's like often we start by figuring out who we aren't you know it's like Mm -hmm. we're not mom and dad and we're not society or whatever right (laughs) But then it's like, then you flip it and it becomes, well, what, who am I? What am, what, what am I about? Or what is truth or what is real? You know, and that to me is like where yoga becomes like the next path forward. Yeah. Of like taking yeah. that energy and directing yeah, it, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's such a good exit from all of that to just like dive into mindfulness. And right. that's, right. gosh, that's so wonderful. And I definitely, I think I see the need for that in the lives of my peers who have like stayed longer in the like the hardcore music scene or the skateboarding scene or like the drinking partying scene is that they all feel fucking lost and like, and have seemingly at, at least through the lens of social media, like no like sense or purpose. And they just kind of feel like broken and angry. And it's like, okay, come to the yoga side of things. And I kind of feel, I kind of feel a bit of it as that's my role as like a young person in this world is to gather all the other, like, Broken other right. young the people. You're the, the misfit, misfit gatherer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and drag them along. The into misfit into yoga coordinator. Class. Right. <laughs> I just want to shake them and be like, just come with me. Right. <laughs> oh, you Focus know, it's on so, your breath. Breathe. <laughs> just breathe. Breathe. That's all you need to do. Yeah. yeah well, you know, I mean, it still makes me happy. I mean, when I see like. I mean, this makes me feel like an old man, but, you know, when I when I see kids running around, you know, like <laughs> 16 or 15 yeah. with like a black flag shirt on, or, it makes me so happy, you know, and even yeah. though I can see the pain <laughs> and, uh-huh. and how lost they are, uh-huh. I'm just like, oh, those, they're sprout, they'll sprout, yeah. you know what I mean? It makes well, me yeah. happy to see, still to see kids kind of questioning these norms of it, yeah, like you're saying, like capitalism and, and consumerism and yeah. the American dream and all these things, yeah, you know, definitely. like it still makes me so happy to see that. Yeah. It gives me hope, you know, yeah. it really does. I think we often hear people say that like awareness is the first step to real change. And I think that punk counterculture is a, a big step in awareness for a lot of young people of listening to this music being like, whoa, there is a dark side <laughs> and I'm kind of going to exist in it a little bit. Just right. like a little bit, you know? Right. I don't know. That's how I feel. Um, it's the Maya, but right? Yeah. yeah. I, um, so tell us more about your life, Josh W. My life, huh? Yeah. A little bit more about yeah, yeah, what brought you to acupuncture and we're here today to talk with Josh specifically about Vedic astrology, so hmm. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Make it to the stars. We'll get there. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, my life, huh? I, you know, there's so many things, but 
punk rock was a huge piece of me. I mean, nice. music, art, culture, that has mm-hmm. been such an important thing to me from the time I can remember where you first start having those inklings of what do I actually like to do, you know, aside mm-hmm. from cartoons or something. It was it was expression, you know, mm-hmm. and like seeing beauty in the world. And sometimes mm-hmm. it was in a really sloppy way, but but it was always about art and music for me. And I spent most of my formative years playing music and traveling with friends' bands and doing things like that. It was a huge part of who I was. Wow. Um, and then, you know, know and then when we were kind of talking about it, you know, I got into, you know, when I was in my, you know, early 20s probably is when I got exposed to yoga mm-hmm. and meditation. And I thought mm-hmm. that was super cool. And I was kind of messing with that. And then I came across Ayurveda and I just, my mind just got blown wide open. Um, so I just started kind of traveling that path and studying those things. Um, you know, I became a massage therapist. I did that for a number of years, too. Mm-hmm. And then that was also sort of like a gateway drug in a way, you know, where I saw like, oh, this cool modality. And then you just learn about all the other 10 million cool yeah. things out there that, that are healing. So, you know, in a lot of ways, my path has always been about healing, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, I got into Ayurveda, went and studied with um, Dr. Vasant Lad, who's an Ayurvedic doctor, probably like the big Ayurvedic doctor in the States, the most well-known. Is he um, is he the New Mexico guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, his place is in Albuquerque. Yeah. So I went and lived lived there for a couple of years and studied and trained with him, and you know, and then towards the end of that program, you know, Ayurveda is not super well known in the states. No. So you know, there's not a lot of opportunity to really practice it as like a profession. And I knew I wanted to do that. I love. I knew medicine. I was what I wanted to do, and I explored. Um, you know, naturopathy and doing that, or even going through med school and things like that too. But um, a teacher of mine I had who I respected so, so, so much was also an acupuncturist. And I sat down with her one day and mm-hmm. it was like just one of those pivotal moments where I was mm-hmm. like, she's speaking some truth to me, you know? And oh, yeah. she said, Hell go yeah. to acupuncture school, get like the clinical experience, get the training, you'll get the license, you'll get the cred, you know, like to, to be able to open shop and do even Ayurveda and Chinese medicine. So, I, I mean, with that much you know, I knew I would be into Chinese medicine, but yeah. I never had acupuncture even, you know. I was oh, like, wow. Yeah, right. So kind of goofy. I mean, I was a little bit of a, like, you know, just kind of a risk taker. So I packed up everything from Albuquerque with my girlfriend at the time. We moved up to Boulder, and then I went to acupuncture school up there and studied acupuncture. Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> Almost <laughs> dropped out a month in, you know. Nice. Um, yes. Wow, yeah. But then totally fell for it, you cool. know, and got super deep into what, it and loved it. Cool. And um, What year did was that in Boulder? In Boulder, I moved up there in 2007, so okay. I was up there for three years. Okay. Um, yeah, and then so, yeah, so I studied acupuncture, Chinese medicine, was practicing out of an Ayurvedic spa doing body work treatments and, and consults and stuff like that. Nice. And then, yeah, and then at that point, you know, when I graduated, packed everything I owned in a car and moved to Tucson, Arizona 10 Wonderful. years ago. Didn't know anybody here, you know, and just wow. like packed my car up and came here and set up shop. And, um, um, yeah, so that's, I guess, one of my stories of who I am. Love that <laughs> Why story. Tucson? That's the career Where, one. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Vegas. Vegas. Yep. I just I knew that, but I just want everybody right. else to know that. Which is another, I mean, maybe we don't need to talk about punk rock the whole time, but no, no, it's no. such an interesting, there's another, there's we'll, a we'll have scene. a side conversation okay. <laughs> about punk rock in Las Vegas. So you're a Southwest kind of guy. <laughs> You've totally. been in the Southwest, like broadly in this area for a while, like most of your life. Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I did a little stand up in Portland at one point, but. But other than that, yeah, Southwest Desert. Yeah. Portland, desert Boulder, rat. Tucson. Sounds yeah. about right. All the stops. New yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You checked off all the boxes. You've checked out. Some of those boxes have appeared as ideas for us. Right. You know, I oh, think. Oh, yeah. Those are, those are, lists of cities are all the list of cities. We're like, hey, we can move here. Totally. I think uh, every, well, you know, like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's like a big porthole between here and like Portland. Like a lot I've of people heard. coming back and forth. Yes, that's There's a porthole. If you didn't know it, just know that. I just, I know that. That's why a while ago when we were talking about moving to Portland, I like knew it was going to be a good, uh, good move. What were we, it was. Boulder, we were talking about Boulder. So, so now Freeland. you're doing acupuncture. Um, tell us a bit about that. How is, how is having an acupuncture studio right now? Or an acupuncture, what do you call it? An office? A space? I call it a clinic. Clinic, clinic. Yeah. right. Clinic. Um, during, how is that right now, like, during COVID and everything? It's a trip, like everything else. Sure. <laughs> it's totally a trip. Um, I had to shut down. I shut down for two months, you know? Yeah. And then basically just, like, kicked ass to figure out, like, what's the way to make this the safest experience possible? Mm-hmm. And, you know, dialogued with a bunch of other clinics and, and medical clinics and stuff, too, you know, about mm-hmm. it. So there's a lot of changes that had to happen. Um, 
you know, just as far as sanitation, I mean, all the stuff, everybody in masks now, it's just totally different. Lots more laundry. And, you know, and every night I go home, I got to like, you know, I wipe everything down with all these crazy chemicals. And, yeah. You know, just a lot more like precaution and safety and like, like double thinking everything I'm doing. Like, okay, am I touching this or touching right. this? You know, it's just, it's strange. It's not a normal human way to, <laughs> to, to interact to with act. The world. Yeah. And, and, and I, the weirdest part too is like not seeing people's faces, you know, like I'm so used to you, you read expressions and faces and you, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you like connect with people often, right? It's like, you know, and it's, so that's like kind of gone, you know, so you're working with your eyebrows more and like, right. <laughs> you know. Oh, I've been a fan of doing up the eyebrows the with eyebrows. the mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Yeah. Cause in, in a community acupuncture, space I think this is what I really love about your space is that the reason I we can afford to get acupuncture is because it's in a community setting where we're all on chairs in like a big room like very comfy chairs if in case anyone hasn't been to a community acupuncture space um and that helps drive the cost down which which I really appreciate um, but you kind of have to whisper to each other. Totally. So without seeing the mouth move totally. and the, oh, like, you kind of, the, the mask complicates that consultation there in the, <laughs> totally. in the room where totally. I've definitely noticed where like before I was worried that I was talking too loudly in the clinic <laughs> and now I'm definitely know for sure that I am speaking at a level that other people in the clinic can hear me. Right. So. My apologies well, you know, to it, No, it's fine. You know, I mean, it's interesting because there's like this white noise effect that it's, you're much more aware of it than anybody else's. I sure. promise you. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like you're, you're speaking very low. I've never once thought like, oh God, Josh, shut up. <laughs> you know, like not at all. You know what I mean? But, you know, I mean, it, it's funny with the mask because it muffles your voice a little bit. And if you're whispering too much, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like mm-hmm. some kind of like, mm-hmm. you just got to kind of nod and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, so yeah, there's changes for sure, but people are coming, which is, I'm so yeah. grateful for, you know, we reduced like the number of people coming in there. So just to make it less people and it, thank God I have a huge space, you know, so it's yeah. a big, big, big old room with high ceilings. I've always um, felt very, cause we've gone a few times since COVID, but we've been really quarantining over here. Yeah. Um, and I've always felt very safe going into your cool. space. Good, yeah. Good. Like covering the chairs, the sheets and changing. It's just it, it is a medical service, so it's important right. that it stays around. Right. I think it's great that massage and acupuncture seem to be pretty adaptable to that. Totally. With the mask and the changing of sheets and the sanitizing of things. Mm-hmm. and So that's a good... So I'm curious, did you notice like a... Like, are you ha- do you have like less clients? Are you seeing less people? On oh the yeah, purposely. Purposely. I mean, well, both. You know, I mean, I still have mostly, mostly. You know, I have a lot of older folks as patients. You know, because chronic pain mm-hmm. is you know the bread and butter, really. Um, so I have a bunch of folks who are like, you know, they stay in touch by email. And they're like, I'm just giving it longer. You know, I'm like, right on, do your thing. You know. Uh, yeah. But then I just started scheduling less people to, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep the numbers down. So, yeah. which, you know, is not really the best thing to do as a business financially, <laughs> but you know, it's like, you know, I gotta, you gotta keep people safe. So it's, yeah. it's a compromise I'm making, you know, to like yeah. keep people as safe as I possibly can, you know? Yeah. So I'm imagining, um, a community acupuncture centers in Texas are just like packed full of people, like wall to wall people taking needle naps. That's what I'm imagining. Right. There. Maybe not the same crowd, <laughs> you know, of the acupuncture people. The, yeah, yeah, maybe the acupuncture the, people and are. the no mask people. Yeah, having COVID parties. Yeah, having COVID right. part, COVID acupuncture parties. Right. They all share needles too. Right. <laughs> I won't be going to that one. I'm good. I'm good. Um. Have you had anybody walk in and be hard stands, no mask, anti-mask? Um, you know, I had one one person. She wasn't really hard-ass about it, you know, but she was like, she came in with no mask. I was like, hey, you got a mask there? She's mm-hmm. like, nope. And I was like, cool, I got some. You know? right. And okay. she said, I have a medical condition. And this is when this, I don't know if this is, I think it's by state, right? But there was this thing that just come out. And you can, if you have a medical condition, you won't have to wear a mask. And you don't have to explain anything about it. Um, so she threw that at me. And I was just kind of like, Ugh, what do I do about this? So I looked it up really quick. And I found out that you can't 
you can indeed say you have a medical condition, but doesn't mean you have to get treated. So I've made a hardline stance, like I won't treat anybody in the clinic who's not wearing a mask. Yeah. Good and call. knock on wood, it hasn't, you know, I've never, <laughs> never come to blows over it or anything like yeah. that. You know, I mean, there's, it's like everything. I've had a few people whine about it, but they're in a mask in a chair and I'm like, whine all you want, dude, yeah. as long as your mask's on. <laughs> yeah, you I'll give you a few minutes anyway. to listen, you know, yeah. so yeah. No, luckily here. it's been, everybody's been. You know, and that gives me hope about the human humanity too. And when it gets hard to do sometimes, is like everybody's been super cool and wants to help each other and keep mm-hmm. each other safe, light, large in part. You know, like oh yeah, that's my experience. I, I, I read a stat so. that said ninety five percent of Americans are wearing masks now. Which seems is, that way, right? Which Don't is you good. Feel like that when you go to stores, it seems like most people are wearing masks. These days. Yes, mm-hmm. that's Finally. that's good. There was a hot minute there, a hot few weeks where. Popping the fries to go. It's like running a labyrinth, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. You had to like dodge people. Duck and cover, like, roll. Hold your breath. Guess yeah. where their by. breath was going, right. yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Dodge Test out the wind. The if there was any wind, yeah. it would blow it. <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. I, have, I just saw a friend today who lives up in Phoenix and works in food service, and he was telling me he still sees a lot of people there. Phoenix is, I think, a, a bit different than what we see here in Tucson right. um, in terms of. That. I saw I saw a, a uh, the hardest no mask thing I've seen in a while, and it was um, I was getting gas, and I right by the freeway on ramp, and I just saw this car going up the on ramp with veterans license plates, by the way, which I think is important to mark here, and it just said no mask like oh, on wow. his back windshield, and I was like, oh no, what a statement, huh? Yeah, wow. Jeez. Um, there was this is an interesting segue <laughs> into a uh, into a current event. Which is going to tie into the stars, which will might tie into our next thing. I don't know. We might get to the chair, maybe not. But so there was a there was it, it happened in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, over the weekend, mm-hmm. where a man went to a cigar store on Friday night, was hard stance, no mask to the person inside, and the clerk was like, "Okay, well, I can like serve you outside," and he was like, "No," just being totally belligerent with the guy, grabbed two cigars, and when the Cat, when the worker inside confronted him outside, the dude pulled a pistol, shot like up in the air and at the and at the worker. Like not he didn't shoot him, but shot at him. Anyways, the next day, cops are at his house waiting to serve him a warrant. The guy gets in his truck, leaves. The cops pull him over because obviously he's a wanted shooter. And then he pulls out an AK-47 and starts shooting at seven police officers. That was in the news. Yeah, this oh, this happened in Pennsylvania. Um, he was shot twice, and he, but he survived. He's in the hospital, which is like okay, one thing. But you, you know, the, okay, he? good thing he's not. The cops didn't kill this, but he's a white guy. I was gonna mm-hmm. say, was he white? He's a white. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's right that's, now. Yeah, it's one in the butt and one in the thigh, supposedly. Um, and I just wanted to read um, just a little bit of this article um where's the article from, it's from the washington post so cool. uh, jeff bezos thank you for writing this article <laughs> he owns the washington post he does oh my gosh oh yeah but no it's actually by uh tim elf Elfrink. wonderful um when a cigar shop clerk told uh told adam zabrowski on friday he had to wear a mask in the shop the 35 year old angrily refused and said he grabbed two stogies stormed outside and pulled a handgun and shot at the clerk. The next day, cornered near his home, Zaborowski allegedly fired at police with an AK-47. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Sparking a wild shootout with at least seven officers, that, seven officers that ended with him shot multiple times and under arrest. The case is the latest violent incident tied to arguments over mandatory mask orders. But Zaborowski's reaction was driven by his own intense difficulty with the pandemic, his attorney claimed. Before the shootout, Zaborowski had lost his job and also recently lost custody of his child. So I just wanted to like point out this media narrative of like that <laughs> that they're wow. going like uh, allegedly right. he shot at the cops with an AK-47. Right. Was that a popsicle or an AK-47? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, a person of color reaches into their pocket while they're right. to get whatever is, while they're talking to the cop, and it's a completely different narrative. Sure. And it, it's also described as the latest violent incident tied to arguments over mandatory mask orders, but his reaction was driven by his difficulty with the pandemic. 
And it's like, oh, he, he's, he's not a terrorist. He's not somebody that was looking to murder cops. He was somebody that... He's distressed. He's, he's just stressed of, out. He's just, he's just stressed he's out. He's just a little stressed out. So let him have his AK-47. He needs it to cope. He needs his AK-47. I can't even say these Here's words. my thoughts. So Homeboy <laughs> knew on Friday night when he was going to go to that cigar shop that he did not, he b- deliberately did not bring a mask. But what he deliberately did bring with him was a pistol. And so he just goes out, he goes to the store. That sounds premeditated, that like you're looking to get into a, into a, uh, a gunfight over a mask. The what? workers at the, car, at the cigar shop offered to bring it out to his car. Yeah, like, like you outside. don't get better service than that. <laughs> so I just wanted to point out that... Um, that uh, interesting uh, stark difference of narrative that that always exists is that right. if God for if this had been a black person, it would have mm-hmm. just been such right. a different story. Well, you see the same thing. You know, I've seen the the protests with people carrying AK forty sevens around over their shoulder, walking down the street to like you know try to get a reaction and then be like, no, look, I'm allowed to do this. But it's the yeah. same thing. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. if, a, if a black person had a gun walking around with an AK-4, they'd probably be dead. Like, the likelihood yeah. of them being dead at the end of that conversation would be, like, a million times So much higher, right? So much higher. Right. So much higher. I right. mean, you have black people with no weapons at all that get killed by the police. Right. And just because they turned in a way, reached in a way, and, and moved in a way that the, the cop just thought was so threatening. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. How did you think that would tie into Well, I wanted to tie this in to, like, because that's the state of things. So Murky was retrograde. (laughs) That's what he blamed it on. That's That's what everybody blames it on. His co-star just said he was having a real difficult time. So I just wanted to, you know, that story. (laughs) Clearly he's just stressed out. No, I don't know. No, he's not just stressed out. But no, that just, I feel feel like it ties ties to the stars. Because it's all in the stars, right? The stars are saying it all. I don't know. You, you go on from here. How does this tie in? <laughs> like, you make this link. I don't know what it is. Um, how, well, you know, I guess it sort of does in a way. I mean, in, in the bigger, without getting too nerdy. Um, no, please get nerdy. There's, so, so there's the nodes, right? So there's Rahu, which is the north node, and K2, which is the south node. Okay, wait. I don't know anything about the nodes. You might have to explain that. Okay, so the nodes more. are like... There's a whole long, long story we could get into about this demon who was chopped in half and became the two nodes, right? So these are these are the shadows. They're 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 called shadow planets essentially because they're not real planets in the sky, right? So when the eclipses happen, that's the effect of Rahu and K two. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's it's basically eclipse eclipse factors, right? Okay. Um, now they draw an interesting correlation. So every planet has its own kind of characteristics and the you know type of energy it it, it brings and how it affects people, right? The way the nodes affect people individually as well as society is with things like pandemics, um, mm. disease, uncurable things, karmic lessons, things like that, right? Kind of really intense, shadowy things that are hard to pin down, right? So did did something happen with those nodes like during other pandemics? Of like, course it did. Oh, I oh, love wonderful. this shit. <laughs> so this is the interesting timeline that I've found. So, so when, so when, we moved into the current alignment of where these nodes were, right? When the mm-hmm. pandemic started, that's when this alignment started. So that's what most um, Vedic astrologers are looking at, right? It's like, and they always rule pandemics anyway, or any kind of mass disease and things like that, right? So, um, or, or crazy episodes of chaos, right? They rule chaos. Um, the last time it happened was September 11th, or not, you know, not on the exact day, but that time period during 9-11 is when it happened. Wow. Before that was like 81 or 82, I think, about-ish. It's basically when AIDS kind of came on the scene, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then what was before that one was they linked it to JFK assassination, right? So these kind of crazy wow. world-shifting events. And then Nagasaki was the one before that. Oh, so. wow. So it's kind of like every 20-some-odd years or something like that. That's the ballpark estimate right, that yeah, I'm in and then we got to like kind of watch our asses a little bit. So, so we're still in the crux of that, you know, we're still in this alignment and, and it rules chaos, uncertainty. It rules like insights, but mm-hmm. also confusion, you know, so it's got this very mixed, strange energy. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to look at this person's chart and see where the planets are, you know, where the, where the nodes are in his chart. Um, but it's causing, as we see, I mean, even aside from these crazier events, I mean, we're all in chaos mode right now, right? Sure. Like we're all uncertain, we're all anxious, scared, you know? <laughs> like, 
these are definitely the times of the nose, you know, that are affecting us. Wow. And, um, and, and modern society also really is ruled by um, Rahu particularly, which is the North Node, which is Vata energy. It's very, you know, rapid, chaotic. Um, Vata is air energy. Vata is air, wind energy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's irregular. It's not stable. Um, mm-hmm. th- these are all very uh, North Node or Rahu characteristics. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would... So what is the South Node like... South Node is, so they have a real direct link to each other, but the South Node we often look at is kind of the subconscious mind or the past lives and things like that as well. So yeah. it's, it's, this, it's, it's a little bit more hidden mm-hmm. um, and, and unseen things, whereas the mm-hmm. North Node is a little bit more, I always call it our karmic um, um, bucket list. It's, so it's these things that we tend mm-hmm. to like gravitate towards and want in this life. It's the karmic things we're grasping at, whereas mm-hmm. the South Node has a lot more to do with past lives, things we've already been there, done that kind of things, and oh, the subconscious wow. mind that we're not totally aware of. So a lot of insights come out of that place. You know, Definitely. Those are, those are like the things that you're like, I don't know why the hell I'm doing yoga, why I started yoga mm-hmm. or whatever, right? But yeah. that's these, these, these um, tendencies coming out from the South Node. Wow. Yeah. I've heard people say that if you're drawn to yoga and mindfulness practice in this life, that it's probably because you knew it in a, a previous life. That's what they say. That's what they say. I love they that. They say a lot of things. They say a lot of things. They say a lot of I things. I choose to believe certain things that make me feel nice. Wait, so do you guys believe in past of... lives? That's a good question. Oh, Josh seems I choose mm. to believe in past lives okay. because it makes me hopeful for future lives and like future generations. Hmm. It makes me want to do more in my life right now to help the world when I think about my soul existing in this realm for much longer than my body will. You're a glass half full kind of person. Do I you know, believe in think? past lives? I don't know. I thought I was past that. No. <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. Huh? I'm actually transcended, so I don't have any more lives. Um, no. Um, you know, I I think so to an extent. To I don't to an extent. To an extent, like I think I just isn't it a yes or a no? Oh God. <laughs> Uh, you have to they decide take right now, Josh. It's like the mask issue. Take a stand. <laughs> uh, Maybe I'm after this episode, for, y'all. Would you like to believe in them? I would like to believe in that because that's kind of cool. Because that just means that, it's like, cool, right? yeah. Um, maybe it, it wasn't always in a human form. Maybe it was in a different mm-hmm. form. I don't know, they like say a tree. That's possible too. Like a frog. Cool. I'd like to frog it out for a while. Oh, um, I totally feel that frog have, energy. Yeah, I definitely have some like past life energy for uh, it's being like a, I don't know, definitely some sort of big animal or something mm. like a wolf. I feel connected to wolves. I do. I speak dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, this is actually funny enough. Being that I'm really kind of a big like you know peacenik hippie, I think in my past life I was like a revolutionary war like fighter because I I have such a deep interest in like war history Mm -hmm. and you know I always wore military clothes when I was a punk kid too you know like I always would go to the military section and I'm like fascinated the Spanish Civil War particularly I mean I've read every book there is and I get so into it that I feel like it's like still real like I'm like Mm -hmm. you know this is 1939 when this happened you know it's long over and I'm like no we're going back the war is not (laughs) over I'm gonna go fight for the freedom of Spain you know like there's so it's so to me, I think that's what I would like to think that uh-huh. I, I think what? I was. I think I was in the military. I really I, do. I'll, I'll I'll go with that too. I, I'll I'll tag. I'll jump on that too because I've had that. I've had similar thoughts before where I've just definitely had some sort of like warrior energy. Yeah. But now it's down the line because I've evolved throughout these lives. Now I've arrived at a place where I'm more peaceful and uh, trying to spread these messages of peace. So, that's yeah. great. I love that take. Yeah, I just co-opted your idea. That's my note. It's good. I like it. <laughs> so if you wouldn't mind explaining to me, um, what's the difference between Vedic astrology and Western astrology? Like, what's the difference between Vedic astrology and, like, me reading my co-star right. in the morning? So, you know... <laughs> It's kind of a there's a there's some technicalities about it more than anything. 
so with Vedic astrology, they use what they call the sidereal zodiac. Mm-hmm. And in Western, they use the tropical zodiac. And there's all kinds of fun infighting, like in the yoga world, you know, which one's better and which one's more true, you know. Mm-hmm. So the sidereal zodiac uses like fixed placements of stars to, to get its measurements of the sky. Or when you, know, you take the snapshot at your time of birth, right, of the sky at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's using a fixed star to find that snapshot, whereas the, the Western or um, you know, Western astrology uses the uh, tropical zodiac, which has to do with the cur- the not the curve of the Earth, but you know the the, the Earth is tilting, right? Slowly sure. tilting. So it's a 23 degree difference, you know, where the earth is at now from where it was a few thousand years ago. So mm-hmm. one of the arguments is like back in the day, it was the same measurement, but now that the earth is slowly tilted, that changes the signs around for the tropical zodiac. Mm-hmm. So when you look at a Western chart, you'll often be in a different sign than you are, or I think it's like 75% of the time you'll, you'll be in different placements than you would in a, in a, a Vedic chart. Wow. Um, that's, that's pretty so nerdy, you know, and I'm not even probably the best one to explain it, but that's the nerdier piece. Yeah. And then, um, um, there's also like the very simple, like Vedic astrology takes your rising sign as being a really prominent kind of picture of your chart. Like we really look at that in the same way in Western astrology, like, well, when are you born? Oh, you're a cancer. Okay. You're oh, right. a cancer sun, right? Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more of a primary factor in a, in a Western reading, whereas mm-hmm. we're often much more looking at the, the rising signs and things like that. There's still our sun signs, of course, and all that, but yeah. um, there's a lot of crossover and it's hard to know how much is authentic crossover or how much is just blending from, you know, mm-hmm. the qualities of the sun or the, we were talking about the nodes, you know, things like that. But there's a lot of similarities to what the planets do. Yeah. Um, the Vedic system is also cool because they use, they call it a, um, a Vimshatari Dasha system, which is like a time period. So that's how you can look to the future and say, you know, this will be a good time period to get married or move or get a job or watch your medical health during this time period, right? So that's that's where, like, more predictive astrology comes in and things like that. So I think that's pretty amazing and awesome and fun. That's that's so fun. Again, yeah, those this is, again, something that I like to choose to believe, you know? (laughs) Right. I've heard, and I don't know if this, this has been something that's been coming up a lot for me when I talk with people about the patriarchy about abolishing the police and about capitalism in general. I've been hearing from so many people. I don't know if you've heard this too. Oh, but it's always been like this. Oh it's yeah. It's always mm. been like this. The worst argument. The patriarchy has always been around. Like people have always been oppressed. Greed has always been a factor. And so I hope, I hope you can maybe speak to this from a, from an Ayurvedic astrology point. Um, but I was reading a book about Western. I think it was based in Western astrology. It was about goddess worshiping civilizations, mm-hmm. and it talked about how the astrological ages play into like what happens on Earth. So they were arguing that um, the age of Aries happened. It would be four thousand years ago, I believe, um, which brought up the patriarchy, which we saw a rise of kings, a rise of of wealth disparity. Um, and then that was followed by the age of Pisces. That was considered an age of delusion, um, mass spread delusion where people felt, got comfortable within the patriarchy, got mm. okay with kind of this pattern put before us of work and and wealth differences and being policed and things like that. And that in the year 2000, so 20 years ago, we entered the age of Aquarius. I think a lot of people have heard that, you know, right. age of Aquarius, age of this Aquarius. Is which the is the age of Aquarius. Is that a song? I have not heard you don't know that. song? No. What is young. it? Oh, we're too young. I'm even too young for it, honestly. It's from the 70s. There's a song called The Age of Aquarius. Oh, oh cool. It's a cheesy, terrible song. <laughs> <laughs> hot take, hot take. Um, wow. But yeah, so what I've been telling people is like really this, and again, maybe a historian might have something else to say about this, but my understanding is that it it hasn't always been this way. Just the past 4,000 years, ever since our, you know, as far back as the people we can talk to can remember, of course, it's been like this, so. Recorded history? Maybe that. I mean, recorded history goes back, I guess. So anyway, I don't know. How does that play into Vedic astrology? Is there anything like that? Does Vedic astrology take in part, take into account like ages? 
You know, I mean, I'm thinking about the yugas, but those are much bigger cycles, you know? What are, um, the, yugas? What are the yugas? Like, we're in Kali Yuga right now. Oh, oh Satinder so talked about Kali that Yuga. on episode right. one. Which is kind of like the most, you know, it's like the last yuga. It's just the destruction one. And there's mm. lots of delusion and lack of understanding and lack right. of proper, um, you know, action on everybody's part, you know. And, 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 and spiritual practices fall apart and people's, you know, fall apart and things like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's a great direct correlation for it. Um, that sounds about right. But, you know, I mean, I kind of like what you're saying that. I think that everything exists and everything has existed. And yes, patriarchal societies have existed. So have matriarchal societies, you know, like these yeah. things have all existed. And there's always like a pendulum kind of swing to, you know, energetics, no matter what. I mean, um, so I think that I think more about like um, this is maybe going more into like the Vedas and stuff, which I'm no expert on. But, you know, there's like they talk about back in the day, you know, like there was like benign kingdoms and but not, you know, kings mm. weren't more led from the back type of thing. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. like this, like I am in charge. You work for me and serve me. It's yeah. more like they're true servants of their people, you know, mm-hmm. like so there was like different ways the roles mm-hmm. played out, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know any direct correlation to yeah, to that. I, I mean, I would disagree for sure. I don't patriarchal society has not always existed and, and you know, it doesn't just doesn't you know yeah it, they have it's, it's not a like modern a concept you know it's, or, it's, or, it's, or it's what's happening right now i should say yeah yeah right, right. yeah yeah i hate that argument because it, it's just like it's like oh why why do you believe in nothing that you are just so accustomed you just accept what is what's happened to you and you're like are just accepting to eat this or to eat this i don't know what they're eating but <laughs> garbage <laughs> accepting me, this garbage world it's akin to giving up a little bit. Right. Like, ah, oh, this well, you know, is out of my hands. Of, um, it's always This is another argument I, I hear a lot in the yoga world, especially, world. that kind of pisses me off. Oh, let's hear About it. karma, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember I went to this, bitch. this was when I was like in my early 20s, and, um... I'm gonna take that out. <laughs> <laughs> she's a karma, bitch. She's a bitch. She's a bitch. <laughs> she's a loudmouth bitch, all right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fuck the patriarchy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, no, but, like, so I saw that I went to this work. This is when I was, like, in my early 20s. I went to this yoga teacher. Azula. This yoga teacher's workshop, you know. He's, like, this pretty well-known dude, you know. And he, we went out to lunch, and he was talking about the Tibetans, you know. And he was, like, somebody was, like, oh, isn't it? This is when the Tibetan thing was a little bigger, like, back in the early 2000s. Sure, right? yeah. Um, China and Tibet. China right. going in there. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, you know, that's their karma, you know. And I was like, man, and it, I mean, it was good in a way because I had to sit on it because I was like, I don't have a great answer for that, you know? Like, yeah. And in a way, it's like, yes, it's their karma because everything's karma, right? But I was like, that's just such a cop-out, you know? And I was like, totally. and it took me a long, I mean, I thought about this, I still think about it now, but, you know, and I finally came to that, I was like, you know what? If that's their karma, that doesn't mean it's not our karma to stop it, you know? Sure. Right? right. Like, like there's no singular anything that happens is fine. Don't worry about it. You know, like, if we don't act when we're supposed to act, that's not karmic either, you know? Totally. Mm-hmm. And to me, I side on the side of injustice, you know? So totally. if I see injustice, I side with with the oppressed, you know? I just do. And I feel like that's our karmic duty, too, you know? Totally. Especially as, as white people, I right. would say, like... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, do white people that exist now owe anything to the people that were oppressed by white people generations before? I think yes. You, Karma, mean, like, you like, mean like financially or in um, every way? Energetically. Spirit, like, of course. All, yeah. Like always, like give yeah. your energy to helping, helping the people that are maybe not our direct great, great grandparents affected, but collectively well at the very know? least I mean and that's what I feel like is happening with you know like Black Lives Matter now and stuff is it's correcting the societal wrongs mm-hmm. they're still changes. here you know yeah, they're not sure. gone to. no exactly like slavery is not really over you know no, like there's not. still all these imbalances like and that's that's mo- mainly our job to mm-hmm. do as white people I think you know mm-hmm. like um yeah I've been hearing a dialogue coming from I think usually uh older white Americans saying, oh, like, America's going down, you know, down the shithole, kind of, like, it's, America's going downhill, I don't, wasn't the same as it was when I was a kid, but really, what makes me think of that is, like, it's like cleaning up a mess, cleaning up, I'm holding up air quotes right now, um, but just shoving everything into a closet so you don't see it. 
Right. And then one day you open the closet and you see the mess in there and it's still there and you can either ignore it or you can deal with it. And I feel like that's where we're at. Well, yeah, that generation of Americans just definitely just swept the shit under the rug in terms of like trash uh, oil consumption and uh, politics in general. Or just never Um, were forced to see the inequalities. Yeah. Very comfortable. Yeah. Because they were the benefactors of capital. I wanted to go back to what you said a minute ago about um, on how of it kind of the, the teach that yoga teacher saying, oh well, that's just their karma, right. and and I've heard that so much in yoga world. The similar argument of just of just kind of dismissing and going like, and, it's, and, and now especially in the Black Lives Matter movement of going like, oh well, we're all one family, uh, like literally uh, at a protest a few weeks ago, our protest was marching through downtown and came upon a yoga class happening in the park and we got there we were like all fucking loud and just like you know being all crazy you know i i wasn't i wasn't i being a yoga teacher being a yoga practitioner i was not shouting anything but there were some others in the crowd who were and i think rightfully so because they saw like the injustice i saw it too of like this group of people trying to do this spiritual practice where and then on walks a protest uh, and what I what I consider to be spiritual practice of being out in the streets representing uh, people uh, everywhere marching and um, it was just so interesting but something that they said during that yoga class it was a live DJ by the way there was like a yoga teacher and a DJ behind them like mixing beats and like doing stuff the whole time I totally saw him hit a vape while they were all in Shavasana and I was like damn dude that's you are in a different vibe up there um but he he got the mic at the end of it after the yoga teacher had said some words at the end of class, finished up class and everything. And he was all like, is this a protest or a rally, y'all? And we were all like, what? Shut up. Fuck you. I heard like from the crowd or something. And oh, like, I don't oh, like no, that. I don't know. But um, he was like, he was like, yeah, no, we're all just one family up here. We're all just one tribe. And I, I hate that dismissiveness coming from yoga world and spiritually minded people because it's like, it's, it's like. Yeah, we might all be one tribe. Sure, I agree with you to some extent, but you can't just say that and blindly throw it out as a blanket statement when when people are telling you Black Lives Matter or like that there's these issues going on. um, Well, we can't be all one tribe until we all are one tribe. Sure, until we practice it, right? Until black people are also that tribe, then yeah, yeah, it's important. Until truly all all that's, beings that's, in our society are equal and free, right. then we can exist as one tribe. Because I, I believe totally. in that, and I agree with it to an extent. But It's totally true. And <laughs> and we ha- all have to be one tribe first, you know? Yeah. And there's people who aren't, you know, part yeah. of, like, part of that tribe, and mm-hmm. that has to change, yeah. you know? And we have to do the work to make that change, you know? Yeah. It's a tough pill to swallow. It's like accepting that we actively play a role in the division of people. Yeah. Um, just Painful, by existing right? within the system as if you, if you like people. really sit with that, like really, really sit with that, you know, like the three of us that we have that kind of privilege, you know, we could just check out if we wanted and get we, by with life and be okay. And really that's painful. That's a yeah. pain. If you can really touch that emotion, ooh, mm-hmm. it's a painful one, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like I threw this, I was seeing my, um, my mom and her partner, boyfriend today and I threw this one out to them I like I like to throw out some like real radical progressive thought to people and just Good. see you know see uh, they receive sticks. things yeah. very well they're very open minded like and I threw this out I was like all white people are racist <laughs> all white people are racist because we exist within the system that leans in our favor and we don't necessarily see all of the division because we don't have to mm-hmm. And they took it really well. They were like, you're right. You know, and before they, the kind of narrative was like, of at least one of them was like, um, I don't, you know, I try not to see color. I look, you know, I, I look past it. And it's like, it, that's the pill to swallow. It's like, no, that's impossible to look past. Right. Yeah. Well, we you know, are. the big piece, too, that I feel like I see is like, and it's still so damn hard to get people to understand. It's like, so when, when somebody says that, like, you know, 
they take it as a personal attack, right? Like sure. you are a racist, meaning like mm-hmm. you're the KKK guy in the street, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course they react in defense and, you know, get pissed or whatever, right? Rather than like seeing it as like we're all part of that because we exist in this system. So it's like it's not like it's your personal fault, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. right? But you know, you have to accept that as a truth, right? Because mm-hmm. if we exist in this system and this this societal structure, you know, there's we can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Just like we're, you know, we're sexist because of the structure of our society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As much as we don't want to be and as much as we hopefully try to, like, um, stop those things and counteract them and change those things, we, we have that privilege, you know, mm-hmm. like Josh and I do, right? So it's mm-hmm. like we're a part of that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether we want to or not. And so it's not... It's not even so much a personal attack, you know? Like, no. But that's how so many people take it, right? It's like, oh, you're saying I'm a bad person, right? And who wants to feel like a bad person? Nobody, right? And that's where the ego comes in. Right. I think that's why, well, it's one of the reasons why I I think that's uh, personal practice is really important within this movement because we're not going to become aware of these things if we don't break down our ego. Hmm. Or else it's constantly a defense, right? It's a defense mechanism. It's like, it's taking the words, the experience of other people as a personal attack instead of an observation. Right. Um, So, yeah, I... I kind of want to go back to Vedic astrology. Um, this You're is like, really leading some into crazy some crazy cool story, things. and then <laughs> Josh, <laughs> make this work. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I put you on What's the spot up with, with that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was honestly just really curious about that. Um, okay. But I do wonder, like, so you've mentioned the no. So could you tell us a little bit more about how we might view the current events through the lens of Vedic astrology? These current events, like the stuff we're just talking about. Well, I mean, it's kind of like we said a little bit, you know, to me, it is the nodes. It's the the strong nodal effect. I mean, there's been all kinds of create, you know, without getting too nerdy again, all kinds of crazy planetary conjunctions, you know, with like Saturn and Mars and all these like kind of a little bit more um, active planets Mm -hmm. mixed with, you know, when Saturn's not being very happy, not so good things happen too. Right. Mm. So, but it's really the nodes that have had such a strong effect. Um, But we can also look at some other more um, positive things like right now the full moon. Very full. And um, you can look at the... Um, it's sitting gorgeous, outside right? and it's rising. It's a pretty one. It sure Yellow. is. It's rising. So, like, we can look at the sign the moon is in to get a good, good idea of, like, the effect of... You know, the moon rules a lot of, like, um, the emotional body and the psychic kind of consciousness in a way, too, right? And how people mm-hmm. are feeling about things and connectivity and things like that. And the full moon's, like, the best, right? So it's the most... It's, it's, it's bright. It's shining. It's strong. It's good energy, right? Um, so you also can look at like, kind of like where it's sitting in the sky and Mm -hmm. they divide up the sky into what they call nakshatras, which are just sort of planetary mansions or areas of the sky. Right. So it's in Shravana right now, Mm. which is a really auspicious one. Um, I just did a little dorky Instagram post about it, but, um, so which translate as to hear or hearing, right? So you take sort of some of these ideas of the meaning of the star sign it falls in and it's the cosmic ear, right? So. We, we can take this full moon as an opportunity to like listen to the universe and listen to what lessons it's been teaching us and how, and then kind of self-reflect on how we are um, taking those lessons and what things need to change. Um, the, the Shravana is also represented by the trident, you know, the little three prong pokey thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. So the we what? can... The what? Trident. No, no, I know. Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. Oh, okay. Am I getting too? Sorry. No, you just, it was just like Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. I'm a mumbler, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also a good mumbler. Uh. Um, Yeah, so the Sattvic energy, right, is a little bit more like pure energy or or clear, clean, grounded, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Rajasic energy or Rajas is more like active. It's a little bit hyper, um, a little bit graspy at things. Ashtanga yoga, Raja yoga. Right, a king yoga, right? Yeah. And then the last one? Is tamas, which is like inertia, darkness, you know, not so good things that we want to hang out, right? Mm. So we can look at those qualities in different pieces of our life, like, you know, our love life, our financial life, our career, um, family life, you know, connectivity, and then think of it through the lens of these, like, sattva, rajas, and tamas energies, and, like, which ones need to change? And this is, like, a time where the universe is more... Um, primed to sort of like speak to you and reflect back to you in that way. So I like to look at the moon sign a lot and see yeah. where the moon is. The full moon is a particularly good time to do these kind of things. I know in Ashtanga that's the day you don't practice. Um, 
but but it's a good time to sort of like there's a nice good um, sattvic energy right in a full moon mm-hmm. so it's a good time for like that kind of thing mm. wow so, I love that I've heard somebody tell me before that the full moon it's bright and it it like almost illuminates that lunar feminine energy and by feminine I don't mean gender I mean like energetically intuitive empathy empathic and psychic like so the full moon illuminates that side of us right that's what I've heard totally totally yeah right it's like the moon in its full expression essentially Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a good time it's a good time for those type of practices you know like I like what how you put it too yeah to kind of reflect on the more yeah feminine um lunar qualities right yeah feelings and feelings yeah fun mushy stuff that is revolutionary Feelings? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'd say so. Yeah. It's a revolutionary to just to get in touch with the feelings and not run away from them. Mm-hmm. But to really feel them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think here in, at least in the Shanga world, just because that's what I can speak to, I'm sure in other uh, mindfulness and spiritual practice circles, they, you know, respect the lunar cycles in their own ways. Um... But I definitely remember just once I started taking moon days, once I started paying attention to the phase of the moon and and bringing that into my life as much as I could, for example, taking breaks on new moons, taking breaks on full moons or like reflecting on new moons, setting new intentions, full moons looking at like closing of goals. And so I started... Um, implementing certain practices with the lunar cycles. And I realized that before I started doing that, I was ignoring so much of my physical body, of how I was feeling. As a female-bodied person, I feel like my physical body, the way that my physical body feels is very cyclical, obviously, with menstruation and stuff. Sure. Um, But... But also, I yeah, I just realized, like, holy moly, I was ignoring checking in with myself. I was ignoring how I felt about, you know, every couple of weeks, just what's happened in my life. And I just rushed right past it onto the next day without even, with maybe seeing the moon, but not thinking about right. how, how it's, it's affecting, affecting me. Oh, of course it's affecting you because it's like the second largest astral body that exists within our sphere of existence here. Right. It has uh, a ginormous gravitational pull on yeah. us, too. Affects the tides and stuff. I remember, like, I don't know, just being in massage school and uh, this kid in my class who I didn't really get along with, he was all like, bro, did you see the moon last night? It's a full moon. And I wanted to, I didn't say this, but I wanted to be like, actually, the moon was most full three days ago. <laughs> Call him out. <laughs> Call you out on that, but I didn't, I didn't. Now, you know, actually, Kiana, too, I like what you said about, because I think about this a lot, right? Sometimes people ask about astrology, like, well, I mean, how do these, like, stars and planets way out there really affect us, you know? And, like, sometimes it gets framed as, like, oh, it's an energy, you know, like, the light of the stars hitting us, right? I don't know if that's true or not. It feels kind of far-fetched to me. Um, But I think the one thing I can say with certainty is that, like, what I find beautiful about astrology is just like you said, like, it's a reflective practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it gives you that reminder to, like, check in with certain things, right? So, like, when the moon is full, yeah, check in with those things or take that break. Or the new moon is a good time to plant seeds and make intentions, right? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like a practice, really. It's like a reflection for us to not forget to do the things we should be doing, to be more Mm. mindful, to be more healthy, to, you know, develop a deeper, richer life, right? So it's like... To me, it almost doesn't matter whether or not the rays of Saturn are hitting me and causing me, you know, all this pain and Changing suffering. Changing my right? vibration. Right. Just, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's true. Maybe it is. But but at the end of the day, I'm like, no, this is still like a, a practice. It's, it kind of isn't a practice in of itself to, to mm-hmm. use Vedic astrology in that way, you know. It's like it's almost like once we start giving energy to it, then the effects of it kind of unfold. Right. Um, 
That's right. how I and it's feel. like a lens. You know what I mean? I mean, there's mm. so many systems in the, you know, all across time. You know, it's like you know all the different yoga styles are a certain lens, right? Ashtanga is a great lens to look at your body or look at your spiritual practice from, right? There's other ones too that are great too, right? Sure. But it's like you ad- you adopt a certain lens to look at the wor- the world, right? Through and for, you know, mm-hmm. for me, Vedic astrology is a great lens for that. Ayurveda is a great lens for that. You know, mm-hmm. yoga is a great lens too. You know, like mm-hmm. and you use these frameworks because they make sense in this framework. And, you know, I mean, this is getting a little too out there maybe, but I don't think there's any ultimate truth, right? <laughs> I don't think. So, but you, but we need something to hold on to that gives us some sort of meaning and some sort of reflection. And these lenses seem to do that, right? And pretty yeah. accurately. I mean, I look at people's charts and it blows my mind all the time, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. People I don't even know yet, right? And I'm like reading their chart and I'm like, this seems like a crazy thing, but I don't know. And then you tell them, I'm like, oh, totally, you know? Like, yeah. you were born this way or this is your profession or, you know, did you have a big divorce at this time in your period? You know? Yeah. It somehow is tap something, you know, that wow. I don't have the answer to, but it blows my mind. And does... And in that way, like... I'll, I'll just say, first of all, I don't think too deep exists. Azula! <laughs> oh, there's somebody on a bike. Oh, it's, yeah. Azula! God, you guys have a pretty used walk alleyway, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of folks. It's an active alley, that's for sure. Um, I'll take this moment to say I don't think too deep exists on this podcast so far. No, we're here to dive deep. We're right. here. I think that's... Let's get crazy. <laughs> Azula, please stop. Um, Let's talk childhood trauma. Let's yeah. talk... <laughs> right. So just really to unpack. take it... So, tell me about your mom. To- <laughs> <laughs> What's your relationship like with you? So just to take it just that much deeper, oh. I want to... Azula, stop. I want to say that, like, you know, maybe... I think Satinder talked about this a little bit on our first episode. Maybe that that need to find truth, that need to prove that things are true in order to believe in them, I would call that a sign of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I would say that that is keeping people as like a barrier to those introspective practices because that following the moon and, and just looking inwards in that way... Um, It's relying on that internal power, that that quiet, soft, psychic power that, I, from my understanding, we uh, is feminine and energetically to to tune in and look inwards, look sure. to our dark sides, our shadow side, um, and I think I call that revolutionary because we need more of that. People need. I knew, know that I need that in my life in order to keep my head on straight and to, like, keep, uh, keep my forget, like, keep being forgiving. And I need that practice in order to release hatred. I need that practice in order to grow the love inside of me because I need to take care of myself and my own emotions before I can offer that to my community. Um, so, yeah, just to take that a little bit deeper. Yeah, I... I definitely think that looking at the stars, having these introspective practices is revolutionary because it actively um, goes inward when so much of what we do now is out, is exterior, is this like mask. Um, right. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was beautiful. It's like, listen. It's like, yeah, it reminds us to listen. Listen. Yes. Listen exactly. more, listen. talk less, right? Listen, Listen more, more, talk, talk less. less. Yeah. Except unless you're doing a podcast, then talk and more. Less, you just got to keep talking. <laughs> then blab it up. Save it for the podcast. Um, talk less during the day. So that's a good way to close that out. Well, yeah, Josh, you want to say, Josh W., <laughs> you want to say anything else about, just open it up. We can cut this out if you um, Anything you want to plug? I mean, wait, sure, I'll do some plug. You plug. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm in Tucson, so if you are in Tucson and you want acupuncture, you should come see me. Um, common Roots. Common, common Roots Acupuncture. Common roots. There we go. All the media is CommonRootsAcupuncture.com. Are you on Twitter? I am, but I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about Twitter. <laughs> like, I'm on Instagram. That was Common Roots Acupuncture. Are mm-hmm. you on Twitter? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 
You can. And on Instagram and Facebook and all yeah. that. So if you're into Ayurveda, Vedic astrology stuff, I love doing that. And I do, I actually right now mostly do that all through Zoom distance. So, so nice. not even someone in Tucson could. Oh, totally. Yeah, a lot of my readings right now are from outside of Tucson. Um, yeah, so anyway, if you're into Ayurvedic stuff, um, getting your chart done, I have a bunch of stuff on a site called Rupa Ayurveda. It's R U P A. Ayurveda, A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A.com. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. spell it out. It's on all the stuff, too. It's on Instagram and all that. Cool. um, But, yeah, and I had fun. This is cool. Yeah, thanks for coming over. I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about. Me either. We So we have an idea coming up. I think a lot of people have told us, like, more structure, more structure. But we can make a structure. The things that come up, though, naturally are always the best things. Right, Totally. So. We, just have, we just have to have an idea. Well, um, on that note, thanks for joining us Thank here. Thank you, Josh week. W. Josh, it was fun. Josh W. Thanks this is Josh tea. M. signing off. <laughs> this is Kiana C. Okay. Uh, and that's A Limbs of Fury. Not to confuse with the other non <laughs> Right, not right. to confuse with the other names. <laughs>